I'm Betty Stemfer and welcome to Rhythmology Conversations, the podcast. I believe that success is living by your values. On this podcast, we share our experiences of what it feels like to be uprooted. From the most challenging times to the most inspiring moments. I'm originally from the Ivory Coast and have been uprooted several times throughout my life. So I have created Rhythmology Conversations as a resource for people like me to feel seen, heard, and supported. This is a continuation from episode two. This is a four-part interview, and this is part three. Make sure you check out part four after this. You were about I... to say something. After that PhD, you were about to say something, and I want to hear that. You know, PhD can be intimidating, but for me, the way I took it when I started the PhD was like a project. Okay. A lot of folks go to PhD with the mindset of being a student. Mm -hmm. For me, when I went to that PhD, I went with the mindset of being a worker. It was a profession, basically. So I didn't run my PhD the same way as other folks. And basically doing it in the School of Mines was, was another point because the School of Mines in France are part of the, the Department of Industry. So most of the PhD they're offering are really hands-on and with direct application in the industry. For me, it was like being a research engineer with a project mm -hmm. that has three years to complete. So. I learned a lot on how to, to do research. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole purpose of doing a PhD is learn how to become a good researcher. The title is a good one, but hey, <laughs> it doesn't make you a good researcher. So I was blessed to be in uh, the pharmaceutical engineering department at School of Mines of IB. Mm -hmm. And our director was British. Mm -hmm. They have a way, I think it's a British way of training. Mm -hmm. and and that made a big difference but you know there are few people you will meet in your life that will make a difference right mm -hmm. that first one was professor shuya who who trusted me you okay. know the first time when i went from my entering school to the coal field and she trained me she trained me and i think to be the scientist i am today okay. it's all to her okay and and she was the first one basically during my education, mm -hmm. she was the first person that took me completely the way I was okay, and who valued my diversity in a whole. So not only I was black, a woman and an engineer and all of this, but she brought a material scientist into her pharmaceutical department, which at the time was kind of Wow, <laughs> the, the pharmaceutical industry was so close-minded. You had to go to pharmacy school mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. work in the pharmaceutical industry. But mm -hmm. our approach was that bringing people with different backgrounds into a team mm -hmm. actually make the team stronger, you mm -hmm. do best, better research. And yeah, and she changed my mindset because I think... For the first time, I was able to put some label on what I was looking for, that diversity. And okay. it followed me all through my career after that. Mm -hmm. 
I always wanted to be in multi-parole teams. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Multidisciplinary. Yeah. Wow. So now we've done done that PhD. Mm -hmm. The big dream at the beginning was to give back to the country. Mm-hmm. At some point, obviously you are here in the US. Mm-hmm. That dream, what happened to it? And what did you trade it with? Yeah, that dream changed when I was doing my master after my engineering school because I changed discipline. Okay. So when I went from the ceramics to the process engineering and pharmaceutical industry, I was no longer what the country was looking for. Okay. So that changed. And I just realized that with what I was doing, probably I wouldn't be able to work in Cote d'Ivoire in that area. So that was one thing. Okay. The second thing is that I met my husband. And no longer just myself to go there. And the third thing is that by the time I got my PhD, the troubles in Cote d'Ivoire were really bad. All of this together made that life change. You know, life happens like they say here. And it was a different trajectory I was I was on. So what is the new mission? Or oh, what were, because there was that mission before you finished the PhD, what other things carried you through the PhD? And then, what is the new mission? I think what carried me to the PhD was finding a new passion. It's being able to work in the pharmaceutical industry where you you basically participate to create new medicines for people and help them with their health. So that was a whole new mission. And that's just what it was. I was passionate about it. And I said, okay, this is what I want to do. The thing is that my husband got an offer to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I said, why not? Let's go. The adventure. <laughs> it's it's a new adventure. So we just go and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Before I jump actually to Betty, the coach, let's talk about Betty, the professional. So 2003, here you are in the, here you are in the U.S., with that big head, big degree, which is PhD in process engineering, working on drugs, drugs in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having done mines, becoming a ceramics expert, I wanted to get two things from your professional journey, working for people in America. One of something that was uplifting mm-hmm. And one challenge during that journey when you were working as a professional, because I want to kind of quickly come as with Betty, the coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was easy and not easy. I would say easy. It was simple. I wanted to work in the pharmaceutical industry and I want to be in the drug product development. So that was fairly easy. The difficult part was to find a job, right? So you come to a new country where you don't speak the language. Of course, you learn English at school, but it's not the same. You don't speak the language. And so we have those doubts, you know, am I good enough? How can I just go to an interview and they won't even understand me? I had my degrees and diplomas in France. Does Mm -hmm. it translate in the US? So you have all this questioning. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you have been raised with 
the value of excellence, right? Mm -hmm. Those moments are very difficult mm -hmm. because you're always shooting all perfection, which does not exist, by the way. <laughs> we should all forget about perfection. <laughs> but anyway, it's all of these voices you're hearing, right? Who do you think you are, you know, and things like that. It was difficult to get the job. I had a work permit, so it was okay. But without having the green card, it was difficult. So I did a postdoc basically. And okay. to find my postdoc, I just went from university to university and talked to professors over there and see if they were looking for someone. I met Professor Bangui, who was a lovely lady at the School of Mines of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And she was working with the FDA. And I said, okay, yeah, I can be part of that team. And again, Professor Bangui was like Professor Shulia. She was looking for diversity and I was part of that team. At some point I said, okay, I have been in academia, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do because I didn't want to teach. And part of being in academia is having a teaching function. Mm -hmm. So I took actually some English classes. And I remember Professor Bungie asking me, why are you doing that? And I said, yeah, because I'm not good enough in English. So this is BS, right? <laughs> you know that. <laughs> But I think I, at that time, I needed to have some kind of me, okay, yeah, you have the label, even though mm -hmm. it wasn't necessary. Yeah, yeah. This is a very typical French thing. It's like, you know, unless we have the degree, the certificate, mm -hmm. the base, we don't think that, you know, we are there. We are, yeah. It's so different from America. Absolutely. <laughs> and I ran into something different because... I was trained in France and it's a, a specific mindset and needed to learn the mindset in the US. So I actually hired a coach, okay. a coach to help me write my resume the way it's supposed to be in the US, understand the interviewing system in the US and all of that. But I had a company in mind when I look at that company and the culture of that company, I said, oh my goodness, this is where I want to work. I identified that company in 2003. Mm -hmm. I actually got the job in that company in 2007. So you have Whoa. to be patient. You have to be patient sometimes. But wow. Yeah, you have to be. This is talking about being patient. I have to learn that myself too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but between, you know, between 2003 and 2007, I worked at School of Mines. When I decided in 2007 to go back to the industry, I saw that that job post, I look at that job post and I said, oh, this is for me, right? My name is in bold letters. Sometimes life happens, you know, it's funny how things happen, but yeah. And I got that dream job and because it was my dream job and I got it. That's what it is in the U.S. basically. The U.S. offered me space mm -hmm. and a second chance to live my life the way I want it. That's freedom. Uh, that's freedom. Freedom is back. Huh? Yeah. And I would say being in Colorado in the U.S. really allowed me to be myself. This is the difference in experience I had between my move in the U.S. and my time in France. Obviously, the age things, you know, I was more experienced when I came to the U.S., it wasn't easier. It was difficult because of the language, because you have to start over, basically. Yeah. 
when you are in your 30s, I was starting over again. So I started over when I was in my 20s and I started over when I was in my 30s. But what I learned here, the first time I went out to do some shopping and I look at people around me, people didn't care, you know, how you were dressed, how you were speaking. Even if you speak with an accent, they're curious about it. Oh, where do you come from? And then you start the conversation. It was welcome. People were smiling. They were saying hello. It was a different environment. And I said, oh my goodness. awesome right i was lucky i was blessed and i had that opportunity to be myself and grow mm-hmm. and grow betty i was talking to the young betty who was already very mission oriented who was very determined who was curious what growth did you need oh we always need to grow Always, you know, there are so many things you can learn and learn to know yourself. I was an angry young girl and I kept everything inside myself. You know, I will have that nice facade and all the anger will be inside. And one day, you know, it will just explode and you won't understand what's what's coming. I had a few episodes like that, but I think I was someone with a lot of control but I still need to learn a lot. And something that I learned most recently is to learn to forgive. Okay, forgiveness. Forgiveness. You cannot be happy in life if you don't learn to forgive. Okay. Forgive and Live is a book by Dr. Tidbit. Um, uh, there. If I, can, uh, I probably should read that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, forgiveness and, uh, is important. Yeah, yeah, forgiveness is important. And actually, I can we can talk about forgiveness because it's one of the pillars of the work that I do. The Mayo Clinic has done some studies about, you know, the impact of lack of forgiveness on your health. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness is not easy, especially self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I want to tab that one in there. Maybe no, I won't. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? For the self-forgiveness, because I'm sure all the women now are like, you know, oh yeah, she's going to tell us because this is the most difficult thing that anybody could do, self-forgiveness. So what did you do? What are your techniques? Well, meditation helped me. I guess when I moved to the US, I was able to be myself fully. So what you got when I was in the professional environment was what I was in my personal life. And What the professional setting taught me is that it's okay to make mistakes. Wow, you were working in a psychologically safe environment. Oh, yeah. is so rare. I am so thrilled for you because the work of Dr. Amy Edmondson shows Mm -hmm. that one of the pillars of psychological safety, is it okay to make mistakes? Mm -hmm. Bravo to this company. I am glad you worked there. Yeah, Yeah, I was blessed. And so I learned that. So I learned that it was okay to do mistakes. You just don't want to repeat them, right? I also learned that you have the right to disagree. Mm -hmm. And that was very important to me because Mm -hmm. when you look at our background from uh, the Ivory Coast with 
a respect being, you know, one of the pillars over there, and we have a way of, of showing respect, right? But yeah, I learned that we can respectfully disagree. <laughs> and that was the most valuable thing I learned because this allowed me to let go. To let go of the attachment to decisions, right? Sometimes with your supervisors or even some other people in your life, you might disagree, mm-hmm. but you, you have to do things, right? Mm-hmm. You don't agree with. And knowing that you can respectfully disagree mm-hmm. allow you to not take it personally and let go of any attachment. Okay. And this also, you know, help with your personal growth. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about self-forgiveness, it's also mm-hmm. important, right? So there are decisions you have made in the past. Okay, I think for me, one of the things was that when I make a decision, I usually make a decisions based on data or facts I have available at the time I made the decisions. Mm -hmm. So understanding that was important Mm -hmm. because then you have no regrets Mm -hmm. on the decisions you have made, even if they turn out not being, you know, as good as you expected. But at least you know that you did your best Mm -hmm. with the information you had available at the time. And so I didn't have to self-forgive a lot on those but mm-hmm. i had to self-forgive on all the the anger i may have had when i was younger and this happened fairly recently you know it's fairly recent these things around forgiveness so it took me about 20 years to get there but eventually <laughs> i got there and it's allowed to forgive yourself in those moments you know Forgive yourself to be yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. And try to stay away from the self-judgment, mm-hmm. which I guess getting older help with. But yeah, I use forgiveness for myself, but I also forgiveness for others. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's... <laughs> no, you mentioned something that meditation was very helpful, the let go of attachment, and also the busting, some of, I call it the cultural lies, understanding that disagreeing doesn't mean disrespecting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This is, I think this was the most important things for me in my career that I took from the job setting and brought into my personal life is sometimes, you know, it's not worth it having those fights and things like that. We will never agree on some subject and we can respectfully agree to disagree. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) And this way we can move on. Otherwise we just get stuck in those places that are more fun. This interview continues in our next episode. Stay tuned. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to have more intimate discussions like this with other uprooted individuals, go ahead and join my free discussion groups by signing up on my website, bettystamford.com. 
You will receive an invitation and a Zoom link to join our next discussion group wherever you are in the world. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Stay tuned for our next Brutology conversation. Thank you so much for listening.